Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there, good afternoon, and uh, welcome. It's your Friday, Lori and Julia show. My talk 1071, everything entertainment. Thank you for joining us. Julia's back in the fold, as they say. I am. Back in I, the I'm fold. glad you made a lot of fun. Yes. Well, we just made a well, moderate a amount of fun. We had sympathy yeah. for the migraine, but yeah. then we were like, yeah, she got used to being on vacation, and then she just said she needed another day. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. Whatever works. Oops. All I know is when they give you migraine medicine and you have a migraine so bad and you take it and you puke, yeah. it makes your migraine worse. Oh, yeah. oh, oh that's not good. My yeah. friend has an inhaler for it, and I'm like, I got to get me some of that. Well, my gosh. Yeah, I, mean, I know. Do you just get a migraine out of the blue? I've been getting him lately. I'm just blaming it on you. Look at that. Do you get Great. a migraine out of the blue? I'll just blame it on you. Rose are red, violets are blue. No. I, no, you haven't had them for a long time. No. That I'm aware of. No. Unless you're keeping them in private and secret on the weekend and not telling me I'm No, Monday. I had one on my big romantic weekend downtown. Remember that one? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the last one that I remember you telling mm-hmm. me about. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's always good. Whatever. Right. It's gone. I'm here. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Woo! Happy Woo! cheers to all our new listeners here from all those outstate Final Four basketball fans. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, now, I know you do your thing with your mom on uh, Friday mornings with your aphasia group. How's aphasia. that going? You had it last week off. You're I probably w- happy to see ya. They were. I want to say happy birthday to Marsha if you're listening. She turned 72 today. Very nice. It's, it's brings me joy yeah, to good. be there. These people work so hard to talk. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, I mean, you know, we never even thought about that, that people don't know about aphasia, a result of having a stroke, because all the people who have it have trouble with their speech. Right. I mean, that's a lot of people. Yeah, that is. Um, Okay, so I know you didn't get to see Hoda and Kathy Lee's last show. I didn't see it today. Goodbye, Kathy. They've been doing it all week. I can summarize it in 60 seconds. Okay, I've kind of loved it all week. It has been really fun. And I can't believe how gorgeous Kathy Lee is. Yeah, she really looks good. Okay, so everyone in the audience got a Carnival Cruise vacation for two because Kathy Lee Gifford was the Carnival she was lady. She first. In the TV ads for 23 years. No Are I you kidding me? No, so first they just pretended uh-huh. like one lady in the audience got a seven week, they, or, you know, a week seven vacation Chris, yep. for two. And then they were like, oh, we're just kidding. Everybody gets it. You know, wow. so that's that, a good day to be there. At Regis did a taped <gasps> appearance. We 
did. He did. I taped it, so I'll he be looks glad. frail. Oh, no. He had an edge of frailty about him, but he said the the most wonderful time of his TV years were the 15 years he and Kathy Lee, and then they had a montage, and you oh. know those two have stayed yeah, friends, not like Kelly and Regis. They're not friends. Not friends. No love there. Uh, then they showed a trailer. There were, let me tell you, tears, cheers, you know, lots of that. Then they showed a trailer for her movie with Craig Ferguson that's a Christian movie that doesn't have a distributor yet, but she hoped to have news by the end of the show. Right. Oh, okay. Always selling. <laughs> yeah. it's, she all, always selling. Yes. And then, um, and then, oh, okay. And then her, she, they did a fun game with Al Roker where she had to guess, you know, different, like it was Dean Kane and that Ryan Bingham, that kind of hot actor. They had, they were all people obviously from, um, what network is she on? NBC. 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 So she Shows. had to guess who, who the they people were, like were. the mass singer. Got and it. then uh, her dear friend, she like burst into tears, out comes singing. Well, he didn't come out singing, but they ended up singing, and Kathy Lee and, and Barry Manilow sang this song together with the audience. Oh, no. You know I can't smile without. Turn it up, people. I know it. Turn it up, Donnie. Can't it's up, it's up. Without. Audience was singing along. <laughs> Kathy Lee was singing. Apparently, she and Barry go way back. Well, she was a singer. She, yeah, yeah, you know, she does, she does everything. She does everything. And then at the end, everyone, all the folks from the Today Show that were available, uh, producers, you know, Carson, Willie, you know, Dylan, uh, Savannah. Course, uh, Savannah wasn't there. She was probably already off on her weekend, you yeah. know. But every, they had the back people. And then. Did they toast her? Well, the, yeah, they all toasted, and they were just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, crying. And she and um, she and Hoda were matching sleeveless red jumpsuits. They just looked darling. And yesterday they were in matching magenta, but a little different. A little different. It reminded me a little bit of. Uh, I know what me, we Lori. do. And then you know she closed it out. She had thirty seconds, and um, she closed it out with a Bible verse. I'm sure she did. <laughs> and but it was very, you know, it was like hard to follow the. That's okay. The train of thought, because she was trying to jumble it, but she's, you know, she really wants this Christian-based movie and scene to really happen. she's going to do great. She's plugged it all week long, and then she had a videotaped thing. Uh, Her kids went on and on about her for like five minutes. Cody is all grown up. I mean, think of when we first met those kids on Regis and Kathy Lee so long ago, you know? know. So there you go. I admire her for her faith and her strength in her faith and belief and how she doesn't I'm sure they say, let's not talk so much about the faith. I don't even know that they ever heard. Because in the clips all week, she's she's also very rowdy. Yeah, very. And makes quite a bit of fun of herself. Because you can have everything. But her faith has always been her path, you know, and I just kind of admire that about her. Yeah, I was just like, oh, Kathy Lee, you're not closing it out with uh, Jeremiah. I wanted her to part her, part her hair on the side. Oh, well, anyway, they, they, they had a fun show and she seemed exhausted from the whole week. That's a lot of crying and emotion. Yes, it is. Saying goodbye for five days in a row, even if you do have champagne and gin fizzes.
you know. I mean, when the she got a plaza named after her, she got a um in the restaurant that she always goes to, she has a booth named after her. She had a special lamb chop dish named after her. Yeah, yeah. She's like in one day I get a plaza name and I get a dish lamb name on a menu. <laughs> And then uh, Julia, your girl Celine Dion yesterday announced she's going on a world tour. It is called Courage, and she wants to show the. This is her baby. This is the first thing she's ever done outside of outside of it. But it's like everything she's planned it. You know, she announced it, so you don't have to spend eight thousand dollars to see her in Vegas. She's coming here November first. Oh, All Saints Day. Okay, look at yeah. that. That's one that always stays in your head if you're Catholic. I'm she sorry. Just, she's, you know, and Celine has boundless energy, and it just seems like she is just... Excited. I'm, ex- I'm excited for her, because, yeah, like, this is something that she is doing, and she wants us to know that Pepe is gay. Yes, and that's yes. a Friday night. For dancer, yeah, yes, Friday, Friday night, night is coming. Yeah, and so she's all excited. Uh, Those are going to sell out right away. Yeah. It's Target Center. She's 51 and probably at the prime of, uh, you know, like just being able to just perform. I mean, really and truly when you think about it. I think that's something that I thought about this week watching these women. Because Hoda said her friendship, you know, they've been on the air 11 years. Mm -hmm. And she said neither of them expected the instant chemistry, the instant best friend. And I thought the hopeful, wonderful message was about aging was about how Hoda said the very best years of my life have been the fifties. Have been now. Yeah, the fifties. My aunt told me that when I was freaking out about turning fifty. She goes, "Oh my word, <laughs> the bleeped fifties are so much fun. You're done with kids for the most part, unless you had them later. Mm-hmm. You've got financial freedom or some kind of stability, unless you have it later. Yeah, unless <laughs> yeah, or There's you're that. making a career change yes. that you want, or just she said it's so much fun. You, she said you won't care." about anything except for what is making you happy. And I just love that. It's so true. I love it. The other thing they announced today on CBS uh, Morning was they have now a female EVP of the morning show and all three morning shows, Good Morning America, The Today Show, and CBS Morning Show all have female executive vice producers all right well, first there, time ever there you go women are taking over well, sit I w- back i wouldn't say that not if no. it takes us till april to earn, get the same catch well, up joy we okay. just had equal pay day so we're we're not going to let <laughs> can you can you imagine if we got retro pay for <laughs> oh, all yeah, these right. years suddenly there was a government change women all get retro pay all right listen we come back it's our story we can't get enough it'll be all right so i still look back at all the messages you'd sent and I know it wasn't right, but it was messing with my head. All right, well, we know somebody was going to be all right, and that's uh, Mackenzie Bezos. Boy, that Bezos divorce came through in record time, Julia, for as much money as there was at stake. I, I think, though, there was a clear division because um, she could add way more. Let's oh, I'm going to listen. Okay. Yeah, let's listen. This morning, Mackenzie Bezos is waking up the fourth wealthiest woman on the planet. This after she and now ex-husband Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, reached a record divorce settlement as they dissolved their 25-year marriage. Mackenzie will keep 25% of their joint Amazon stocks with her share currently worth about $36 billion. Mackenzie breaking the news on her brand new Twitter account, writing, grateful to have finished the process of dissolving my marriage from Jeff with support from each other. 
happy to be giving him all of my interest in the Washington Post and Blue Origin and 75% of our Amazon stock, plus voting control of my shares. She now ranks only behind L'Oreal heiress Francois Betancourt Myers, Alice Walton of the Walmart family, and Jacqueline Badger Mars of the Mars Candy family. Meanwhile, Bezos still retains the title of world's richest person, boasting a net worth of more than $110 billion. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And let's just play the next okay. one before we talk about Fair it. Enough. Okay, thanks. The two first met at a Manhattan hedge fund after Jeff graduated from Princeton. Their offices right next to each other. They got engaged in just three months, married within six months, moved to Seattle, staying in this small home while launching Amazon, raising their four kids. Bezos posting his own statement about his ex-wife on Twitter, saying, I'm grateful for her support and for her kindness in this process. The news coming just three months after the former power couple first announced they were splitting up. That announcement soon followed by explosive accusations in the National Enquirer about an affair between Bezos and Lauren Sanchez, the tabloid releasing intimate messages between the pair. And in addition to being the most expensive divorce in history, it's also an amazingly amicable one. Despite those reports about Bezos having a mistress, both Jeff and Mackenzie still speaking so highly of each other, saying that they're looking forward to the next phase as co-parents and friends. So, I mean, very nice words between the two of them. And you she, have to. And she, but she opened a Twitter account to I make the announcement. It. She went from being part of the uh, the richest couple in the world yep. to the fourth richest woman. Yeah. Which that seems Stop like it. that would be pretty digestible. Yep. And um, and yesterday, in buried in all these stories, it said you know this Lauren Sanchez, the other woman, not divorced yet. Well, today. Both she and her estranged husband have uh, filed their legal documents Mm. to be divorced. There is no prenup. Neither is asking for child or spousal support, but how much you want to bet Bezos writes him a check. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm saying in addition to... Here's where the plot thickens. They both filed legal documents without a lawyer. He's the co-CEO of a mega talent agency, Mm -hmm. William Morris Endeavor, and Mm -hmm. she's a TV personality. And well, you know, she doesn't make near as much as him. Yeah. And I'm just going to say it. The docs, the documents give the address of none other than Laura Wasser, who's handled just about every celebrity divorce. Right. And Wasser is friends with both. And the fact they filed without a lawyer and at the same time is a clear signal that Wasser's already mediated the divorce. The issues are settled now. It just is the six months for it to become final. And um, so I do think that Bezos is writing Patrick. And check. do you think they're going to go get, go at it? Bezos no. and Lauren Sanchez? Do you think they're going to get back together? Well, if if they're not, why the hurry on these divorces? Right. You know? But we were hoping. Well, yeah. we were. I was thinking it'd be hard with the brother turning him in and starting the whole thing. Well, she apparently has cut off her relationship with her brother, which, you know, that's... Nothing good comes from nothing, these things. No, that... Nothing good. I know it, I know nothing it. Nothing good. So. The thing about his wife, in addition to the stock, I'm I'm sorry, she's getting a... T- I know there's cash, 
Um, you know, because stock well, is nothing. The There's other, some other. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that she lets him have control, that means they want to keep the company intact because they've got four kids. They do. And, and I think it's smart because she's going Very- off. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. And she wasn't interested in the company after the initial thing about the books, because that's yeah. why she started it. Yeah, or they started so, it together, yeah. yeah, so, and she doesn't want to make day-to-day decisions on the Washington Post and on yeah. this other company. I mean, So it, he now gets to be the richest man. She's fourth richest woman. Yep. All they've done is give up the richest couple in the world. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. You think she just wanted to get it done? Well, but I well, also I th- think... I think when he said to her, I'm not in love with you anymore, I can't make this marriage work, I want a divorce. There's, what do you do? And what then, are you going to do? But yeah. you have four kids together, yep. and again, it's, I'm the, sure it's it was the kindness out first. of your heart to figure out how to behave well because you share kids. Yeah. And you want it to be the easiest, the smoothest hard, process for them. The hard thing, and I guess Mackenzie Phillips, I've read a couple of different she things. She had to face the fact that he was... And the four Publicly. of them were a couple. Well, they, were four, friends. they were friends. They were friends. Not like, you know, maybe like their families are going on vacation mm-hmm. because they, but yeah. they were they friends. They, they socialized yeah, together exactly. and they yeah. went to things together. And I swear, if we open up the phone lines, that has happened to more people than not. We don't need to, but I know that couple thing. It, it happened to my mom and dad. Oh, it did. Yes. My mom fell in love with. The couple that they went bowling and motorcycling with. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. And they did nothing, nothing happened. And we moved back from Japan and they moved, uh, we moved back from Japan. They moved back from Japan. They went to Washington. And then it was just sort of like, you know, my dad went to Thailand for a year and, you know, it's a tough life being Air Force. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you have these TDY, these tour duty assignments where you're alone with your kids. Yes. And so anyway, yeah, so it, it had to happen in, in my family. So, yes, I know. And, you know, she and her husband ended up, you know, being together for 36 years until he passed away. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my dad has been happily remarried for well over 30 years. So, right. You know, it all worked out, but they were not nice to each other. But this was this late 70s. Nobody was nice to each other. You know, we were just getting used to people getting divorced after all. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it does. It does happen. But I will say that there was a situation in 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 one of my marriages. We'll just leave it at that. And uh, our really good friend couple, Mm -hmm. the husband was always hitting up on me. And I mean, blatant stuff. in front of the wife. 
Not really in front, but maybe if she was in another room, you know, he'd maybe. Yeah, well, but I kind of liked it, too. You know, mm-hmm. so then you're sort of playing with fire there. And I wish now in retrospect I'd handled it differently because, you know, I don't know that that really is a good thing for your marriage. <laughs> really? To, you think like, to sort of like kind of like it. I mean, we never did. Nothing ever right? happened, but he was very forward, forward. and always uh, saying or maybe lightly squeezing or trying to, you know, brush by me closely or something like that. And I... I didn't ever say anything. I kind of liked it, you know, right. and then that made me feel conflicted. So you get all these undercurrents and then people have been married a long time. I mean, right. I hadn't been married a long time. I just was. A, it was two a, weeks. I was just, <laughs> yeah. Was horny. I was two weeks horny. in already at that point, you wow. guys. Come yeah. on. I was back for my three, my three week honeymoon. Right, right. But yeah, no, this, this happened. So I feel like these two are getting together because they have timed all of this. But right. bada bing, bada boom, right. bada. You know, geez, the wife joins the ex-wife to be, joins Twitter to make her announcement. That was the easiest way of doing it, to coordinate it. And then you can, she put it she out can first. control it. She put it out first, and then 30 seconds later, his thing was out. Yep. Wow. wow. Maybe the only tweet we ever see from her. It could be, Danny, <laughs> yeah. until yeah. she's got something that she's going to do, yeah. you know. She's got a lot of money, and yeah. she's looking forward to the next chapter. I hope it involves a handsome man. I'm sure. When you're ready. We'll be right back. Why do I pull you close and then ask you for space? Everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We are here. We're happy. It's Friday, damn it. We really Welcome are. all you out-of-towners, you college it. basketball fans. Uh, we have a really good author on. We both <laughs> are so excited. Um, you read um, maybe her, her first big book, The Alice Network. Yes. Kate Quinn is joining us in about 10 minutes. And her book that is my first Kate Quinn book, The Huntress, which has been recommended by two of our authors. It's the last great book yep. we read. I finished it yesterday and I'm dying. That Mary. is an, this is an, un, this is definitely going to be one of our best books yep. of the year. It's I'm, so good. What do you have? Like a hundred Hundred pages. It's a long book. You have a hundred heart pounding pages. No, that's and I didn't want to speed through it today because I thought I could speed, but I thought nope. No, then you can't enjoy the story. I know. Was the audio book done well, Julia? I didn't listen to it because I'm finding that very difficult through that situation. Oh, okay. What's that? Just how we're getting it. It's yeah. So do I stop asking for all yeah, No, no, no. Okay. I just didn't have my technical support around oh, to download okay. it. Okay. And actually, okay. I have really liked reading this one. Okay. I'm listening to Cersei on audiobook. Oh, I was Madeline out- Miller. That was one of my favorite. That was probably my favorite book last year. Do you know year. how long that book is to be read to? I think it's like a week. Well, I read it on vacation. I it didn't. You didn't read that in a day. There's no way because it's got to be like a thousand pages. Maybe a day and a half, but I did definitely read it. Oh, yeah. but I mean, a if you're sitting half. in a chair, <laughs> I, but I still lounging can't. for eight hours, you can really read a lot. <laughs> I, so. I mean, this is the longest book I've oh, ever. But so it's good. so. In the woman who reads it to you. She's got a voice because yeah. that makes all the difference yeah, yeah, in the yeah. world. But yeah, that is something. So well, anyway, well, speaking of voices, so yes. um, I was listening to Andy Cohen talking with Ramin Satuda the other day about his book "Ladies Who Punch: The Explosive Inside Story of the View." Yes, and I kind of came in on the middle of the conversation, and Andy was quizzing. He first of all, he kept saying, "Ramin, this is such a dishy book," and literally. Since the book came out April 2nd, there's a story a day on a story about something that happened. It's just giving us a lot of popcorn. Yeah, Mm -hmm. a lot of popcorn. But Andy was really curious because um, there's a story in the book about 
In August of 2006, the ladies of The View were having a discussion about the morning after pill. And the, discuss, the discussion focused on how the FBA, FDA excuse me, proposed to allow the morning after pill to be sold over the counter, mm-hmm. which Elizabeth attacked and said it was the same thing as birthing a baby and leaving it out on the street. Oh, my gosh. Mm. Okay. Extreme. Yeah. And the other women, of course, then had things to say about it. But remember... Sometimes Elizabeth would get hyperactive, especially anything to do with um, babies. Yes. You know, conception, this, that, you know, choice, anything like that. It it really was a hot button for her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also because she's pro-life. Exactly. Every, like, like I think at the moment of conception, pro-life. I I don't know. But anyway, she wouldn't let them get in. She kept trying to make the point that it's like having a baby and leaving it in the street. And Lisa... Uh, Loeb, um, uh, she was like, uh, that's very extreme because mm-hmm. she was like a guest or something. And, and then Barbara Walters let her have it. And she said, I'm here. yeah, could you stop now and calm down? We have to go on and we have to learn how to discuss these things in some sort of rational manner. And they cut to commercial. So what that says to me is, oh, my word, you just scolded me on national television. I wouldn't, cons- I would not think that way. I would not if perceive I was- that. If I was ranting, though, oh, okay. I think when you're in that stage, that's what it would be to me. Can well, you just stop now? So Ramin oh. is telling Andy he has audio that he obtained yeah. from that day because Elizabeth stormed off the set. And he's remember, been covering them forever, though, before the book. He worked for Newsweek yep. and everything like that. Yeah. And, and Andy's like, where did you get audio <laughs> right. backstage? Mm hmm. From 2006. And where did he? Well, he didn't. He said, he I, re- I'm not, I I'm can't not reveal my, my sources. sources. No. Okay. So here we had to clean up the audio because uh, you haven't lived till you hear Elizabeth Hasselbeck rant about basically being told to stop talking. That. I'm not going to sit there and get reprimanded on the air. I am not going to get reprimanded. No, it's not okay to sit there and get reprimanded on the air. You know what? I've been then then talk if you want to talk. I know. What the? Like I'm not even going. I'm not going back out there. I'm not going back out there. Come into my office here. No, I'm not going back out there. You know what? I can take it in the meeting room. I'm not taking it out there on air. Okay, honey. I'm not taking it. I hear what you're saying because I I have to. What the? I don't even swear. She has me swearing. This woman's driving me nuts. I know. I know. Don't, 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 don't. I'm don't, not going. Don't I'm not going back out. I can't do the show like this. She just reprimanded me. She knew exactly what she was doing. I know. Goodbye. I'm off. Right about that into the New York Post. Whoa. Whoa. Did she go she, back, Lori? Okay, she must so have. what happened is that, um, <laughs> you know, um, word got back right away to Barbara from yep. Liz, from Joy Behar. Right. I can't calm her down. And so Bill Getty and Barbara were going to go talk to her. And then Bill said, you stay here. Absolutely. Okay. And uh, he went back and talked to her and he said, you have to go on. You're a pro. So come on. And exactly. that's how he got her to go back exactly. on. But he told Barbara later that she uh, wanted to quit. And she, Barbara just said, well, that's ridiculous. 
<laughs> you and would expect it to say Elizabeth that. has spoken up about it. Okay. She's apologized. She said she was pregnant. Emotions are high. Her emotions were high because she was pregnant and this, that, and that. You'd know she's embarrassed about this. Oh, which absolutely. Is probably why she overreacted last week when she was promoting her book, which probably people are not rushing out to buy. What is it? I didn't Point know. of View oh. is what her book is oh, called. Oh, she came out with that. Oh, I didn't yeah. even know that, Lori. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and she went on the view and was very insulted that Ramin Seduda when he one of the times he talked to Rosie and I read this chapter I read this part of the story all Rosie said about Elizabeth they had a, a, a great girl friendship cru- they had a girl crush on each other yeah. how, how women will like you meet a new workplace friend we had it we had it mm-hmm. where you just start like and so Elizabeth last week on the view was just like well you substitute Rosie's name for Roger in that story and it's sexual harassment <laughs> So Elizabeth was on The View last week? Yes. I didn't know that, Lori. Oh, yeah, you were oh, gone. gone. Yes, promoting point of view. And she was very indignant about That's too bad. Rosie. That's too bad. And I read that because I looked in the back you right, know, right, I was, right. and read that thing. And it was just like Rosie was just like, even though we're these two opposite people, I just was enchanted with her. I thought she was so cute. I was really fascinated. with. I had a bit of a girl crush right. on her. Nothing sexual. Nothing. I understood it because I am a. uh, You and I both have had our girl crushes, and most famously, a girl crush on each other. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you're taken and dazzled and in awe, yeah, we never once wanted to make out, you know. So anyway, Elizabeth, marry my brother. Yeah, that's true. I do have the manly version of you in my bed. That's interesting. But uh, anyway, I thought she overreacted last week because a. Yeah, she didn't cooperate with Ramin. She right. wouldn't even return his phone calls. But, yeah. but I bet someone read the book, told her that yeah. this leaked audio story yeah. is in there, and so she went on with fighting words to the View. And I mean, Meghan McCain was like, "You're the OG of the conservative ladies," and she yeah. really kissed up to her and made her feel, Good. you know, good. But I was like, "What are you being so indignant about this Rosie story?" But you know, I even told you today that I'm emotional, and it's like I could just start crying with a drop of a dime. So, and especially when your hormones are raging and you're pregnant, yeah, there is. It doesn't matter if someone says hello. If they said it, hello, yeah, you could burst into tears. Well. So I. And I think Barbara was tough on her. All of the stories are basically from about the time she turned 80 that Disney was trying to figure out a way to, to get, get her, her to retire because yeah. she owned part of the show. Exactly. She did sell her share of the show back when she retired, but she didn't want to go. She yeah. wanted to be the moderator and it was in Whoopi's contract to be the moderator. And Romine Seduto gives Rosie O'Donnell credit for the view getting resuscitated the first time she came back and getting political mm-hmm. and he said and that has been the thing that has it's not kind of given mm-hmm. them their torch uh, yeah, a, a, to a listen to women one. talk about politics from different sides yes yeah. exactly mm-hmm. so anyway um it was uh i am looking forward to reading the whole of that book and we did like elizabeth but she also drove us crazy she drove me nuts I liked Julia. Her too. she drove me nuts she was just like i was like, I, just that time was so compelling with rosie and elizabeth oh, and joy and absolutely it was just so compelling yeah it yeah. really was okay listen when we come back we're going to talk with kate quinn we know it's uh, one of our favorite it's going to be in our top 10 list uh, the book is called the huntress absolutely fantastic we'll be right back Trouble. 
everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. Well, we are delighted to have Kate Quinn joining us. She is the author of, well, some some of you know her book, The Alice Network. Yes. I, I just have had the pleasure, and Julia and I have just had the pleasure of reading your amazing book, The Huntress. We're so glad you wrote this book. Thank you so much. Delighted you enjoyed it. And thank you for having me today. You're so oh. welcome. We No, we didn't enjoy your book. We absolutely devoured, loved it, and, and we're like so <laughs> sad to see I, it end. I have 100 pages left, and I was going to try to cram them in before we talked today, but I'm like, nope, I'm loving it too much. It's, it's so, so good. good. Can you give everybody the setup for the book, The Huntress? Uh, the Huntress is a historical thriller that revolves around three very unlikely people. One, a budding teenaged photographer in Boston, and one, a battle-haunted British journalist post-World War II, and one, a Russian female pilot from the legendary Night Witch Regiment of the all-female regiment that flew against Hitler's Eastern Front. All these people coming together to hunt down a Nazi war criminal who has fled to America in 1950. It's so, Kate, okay... (sighs) it's so deliciously yummy. And I, I was a modern Europeanist. Everyone kind of loves history and yeah. your, you know, your information and knowledge about um, World War II and post-World War II is just fascinating. How much research did you go through to even write this book, The Huntress? Uh, there was a lot of reading. There was a lot of frantic Googling, some of it at 2 a.m., and there was even quite a lot of hands-on stuff as well. I did actually, about almost exactly a year ago now, take a ride in a World War II era. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Biplane, very much like the kind of plane the Night Witch was Night Witches would have flown because I wanted to get the feel of what open cockpit flying was like. And uh, believe me, that took quite a lot of courage because I am the kind of person who white knuckles when a 747 banks. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Kate, how, which, what idea came to you first to do the book? Was it the idea of people who, who were the people who, you know, went after Nazis after World War II? Or was there a story about, you say that the, you know, Annalise Lorelei character is in a mouth but what what came first for you? What part of the story? Well, it really came first with this fascinating squib that I read about a Nazi war criminal. In fact, the very first one who was extradited. Oh, oh, I'm going to finish right. Europe for war crimes. Okay. And she actually was a real person, and it fascinated me because not only was it this woman who was who had gone to ground in America and was living as a housewife in Queens, whose American husband and neighbors were proper. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, we're scared. She's going through bridges. A terrible oh. crime. Are you, are you driving through bridges and tunnels? <laughs> I am in a car, unfortunately. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Okay. That's okay. all right. Because we're getting parts of it. Okay, so um, you this was inspired on a woman who was living here in the United States who did horrible things in Nazi Germany and pretended to just be somebody else? 
Yes, and that really happened, and it immediately made me think, what would it be like if you had been living with a woman like that, with someone you thought you knew, who you loved, and then realized they had this past? And that was the original setup for this book that really made me think it should be written. Well, you have quite a wonderful imagination, because we really like where your story went. It, it You know, and, and Kate... Um, one of the things about the about this story, and I think the beauty about historical fiction is you have so much based on truth, but yet to make the story go and to keep the reader interested, there's, um, you know, you take some liberties, obviously, with romance and other things that are going on, and you just weave it. It's so fun listening to the story from these three different, you know, it's actually four different people's perspectives, I think. And it's just, it's so fascinating to know the history, but it's so fascinating, too, because we want to know the history of the new people together, (laughs) if that makes any sense to you. Well, I love telling multiple storylines, and I love weaving in a variety of perspectives, so you can really get a full spectrum on the war and not just the war itself, but what happened afterward. And because aftermath really fascinates me, not just what the war is, it does to the people who have to pick up the pieces in its wake. Yeah, I really, um, I think my favorite character, well, I liked everybody, but I had a soft spot for Nina. Nina. I knew you would. I know, because I'm kind of a toughie like that, <laughs> yeah. you know. But I, the whole fascinating thing about that, the Russian women were really did fly these bombing raids, and the only women who did in World War II and were caught... How did you find out? How did you how that part of the story come together? Um, it was another of those, you know, two a.m. Google hunts okay. where I'm frantically looking up, you know, fascinating pieces of history and seeing, you know, what can I turn into a story? What can work for this book? And I found an article about the Night Witches, and the Night Witches were such a wonderful, wonderful piece of history. It's this all-female regiment of night bombers who flew together against Hitler's Eastern Front. It was an incredible sisterhood, and they earned the nickname the Night Witches from the Germans, who frankly were terrified. Because of they were flying in these open, these U-2, these open-air oh, cockpits. Yeah. It's so, fascinating. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I, but I really... I really loved uh, Nina. I really thought that you got her whole, you know, the whole Russian way of thinking and the talking. And it was just really wonderful to get to know her. Uh Uh-oh. I think we may have lost her. We lost her. Oh, no. I'll call her back. I know. I got to tell you a couple things, though, because one of the things that we learned after the trials in Nuremberg where people were detained, journalists were over there talking to everybody from the camps, from everything after World War II. And, um, but after those trials, when people fled, a lot of SS commanders went to Argentina. and when they, came to America. they came to America. That no one was extradited, and it took so much time and energy. Yeah. And then our next... You know, our next threat was the Cold War, and it was Russia. Right, right, communism. And, and of course, you know, the famous, the guy, U.S. acts on the Polish extradition request for the 99-year-old from Minnesota that was just extradited last year for his crimes from World War II. Yeah. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you back, Kate? Yes, I am. So sorry about that. That's okay. Was there anything that you found out in your research? Because you've got uh, Tony and Ian who are post-World War II Nazi hunters. Yeah. What did you find out about, you know, the people who were trying to track down people and bring them to justice? 
Well, it was something that was, you know, really very difficult to do in the immediate post-war years. And it's the kind of thing that, you know, nowadays we're very aware of because, you know, as you say, we had these stories just recently in the news about Mm -hmm. very old Nazi hunters and very old uh, Nazi war criminals being extradited. But in the 50s, in the 40s, immediately, people weren't as interested in finding war criminals. And part of that was war exhaustion. You know, people just wanted to move on with their lives. And part of that was the fact that, you know, everyone's looking towards the Red Scare, towards you know, the coming Cold War, the Russians are the ones to worry about. So people weren't interested so much in finding the Nazis who had escaped that net. And I thought that made a really fascinating basis to, you know, start the uh, the beginning of the hunt that really kicks off this book. Oh, I just think that's so true. You know, another, you had a line on page, uh, I don't even know what page it was, but the key to surviving most of the things in life throws, most of the things life throws at you is taking care of your feet. (laughs) <laughs> and, and as a woman of you know 55 i just yeah and i'm thinking about the people in the war with their cold boots and their cold feet and that line just stood out at me like i know that's so random that's funny that's funny uh, you know we know kate we had your friend um jennifer robson on about a month ago for her wonderful book the gown Oh, she's so wonderful. She yeah. is, and I noticed that you thanked her in your uh, author acknowledgments. I, I really do think, I mean, what is the, have we already asked you the question that everybody asks you? Uh, which one is that? I, I don't get know. a couple fairly regularly. One being about the research, okay. and I talked a bit about that already. And um, another one being, I suppose, about, you know, is it really true that these women did these things? And, you know, I'm always delighted to say, yes, it is absolutely true that the night witches were real. Yeah. Yeah. That, that is really wonderful to know that. And are you working on another one? Yes, I am. I'm actually about, well, a good chunk into my next book, which is tentatively titled the Rose code and which is going to be about the female code breakers of Bletchley park during world war II. Oh, my oh. gosh. All right. So I don't know if you're a Bletchley Circle fan, but it's a great show, and I am a fan, too, and it's a fabulous bit of history, so I can't wait to do my own take on uh, some of these ladies. Okay, our producer raised his hand. He is a fan. Yeah, it's on PBS. <laughs> fabulous show. Fabulous. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, Kate, is the Alice Network or the Huntress, are they coming to the small or big screen? Well, I can tell you that the Alice Network has actually been optioned for a limited series by Sony TriStar. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, that's only the very first step in the process. You know, that just means that, you know, hopefully, uh, maybe, fingers crossed, it will get greenlit. But, you know, cross enough fingers, hopefully we'll see it coming to a small screen at some point. Okay, and then your agents are talking to other people about the Huntress. (laughs) Well, I hope so. Uh, so I would certainly love to see it on a screen, you know. People have asked, you know, it's like, amazing, there isn't a movie about the night, which is already, you know, something really blockbuster anyway. And I always maintain that that's because of the overalls they wear. And Hollywood probably didn't think they were sexy enough. (laughs) Oh, well, you could could taper on All these women in flight overalls. (laughs) Still, I don't care about the overalls. You know, they did such wonderful things. They deserve to be seen, you know, flying on a screen. I love that you bring attention to what the women were doing during the war. I mean, because they had all these, the Alice Network and what, you know, we see from these brilliant women here too, good and bad. Right. But it's just the awareness. Um, it just makes you feel really proud. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's just- it does. And that's something I feel really passionately about is trying to find 
the women's stories in history that are not widely known. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, these women are there, you can find them. It's just that you have to sort of dig around in the cracks and try to find where they were and what are the things they were doing that maybe we didn't learn about in school. Well, Cause I, I certainly did not. I mean, but you'd like weave a story like nobody's business, Kate. Thank you so much. You've got just congratulations, and we are so honored to have you on our show, and we can't wait to have you on again. The book is The Huntress. Katie, I call you Katie Quinn, but I know it's Kate Quinn, and she wrote The Alice Network. If you read that, this I loved even more. What's the last great book you read, Kate? Um. Oh boy. I know you probably Uh, read that. Absolutely. Well, I absolutely fangirled over the latest space opera from S. J. A. Corey. Uh, from the Expanse series. It is one of the best series around, and if you want kick-ass women in space doing wonderful things, that's your series. All right. All right thank you. Thank you, Kate. Have a great day. Uh, when we come back, who knows? All right, bye. we got a couple copies to give away, 651-641-1071.